Welcome to Cougar Talk. The official, unofficial voice of SAU Cougar Athletics. And Spring Arbor is the 2019 NAIA Division II National Champion. And more. Get ready to get up to date on the latest in Cougar athletics. Talk to Cougar legends. And hear sports news from around the country. Let's get started. Here's your host, Eric Rose. Episode 7, the Samoan Cougars. 6,652 miles separated the island of American Samoa in the Pacific Ocean from Spring Arbor University. These guys came to Spring Arbor because Coach Hank Burbridge reached out to some of the most mentally, physically tough baseball players on the island. He brought them to Spring Arbor to beat Cougars. And so I'm excited to hear the story that has left this legacy in Cougar baseball for years to come. Here are the Samoan Cougars. So let's introduce yourselves, guys. Go for it. Right. From our native language, it's Talofa, and that's greetings. And my name is Sale Solaita. I'm from the village of Nuuli in American Samoa, and I played four years in Spring Arbor University, and I played uh, and, I, and I helped coach an additional year as, as a fifth-year senior. Uh, my job now is I am a major of the United States Army, and I'm with uh, one of the Special Forces groups, um, and that's all about me. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thanks so much uh, for your service, Sally. And we just appreciate all that you give. Rob, tell us about yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Talofa. Uh, my name is Rob, Robert Pinne. Uh, I play, I'm from the, the village of Fangalu, where the, the hospital is on the island in American Samoa. I played uh, four years, 1996 through 2000. Uh, with middle infield was my, my position. Um, had a great time. Right now, I'm in California. Been in California since, since I left uh, Michigan and uh, been in marketing forever. So grateful to be here. Awesome. Good to have you on the podcast, Rob. Ted, t- talk to us about yourself. Introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ted Gebauer. I'm from Tafuna in American Samoa. Uh, I was there fall of 97 through uh, 2001. Rob, Rob was uh, our, our mentor, our leader at that time. Uh, and Saleh was my brother along with Dan. And, uh, you know, we were the same year. Currently, I am living in California, in L.A., and I work in logistics, customs brokerage, to be more exact. Awesome. Good to have you, Ted. Duke, introduce yourself, my friend. Yes. Uh, my name is Duke Solaita. I am from Nuuli, and I played from the year 99 through 2004. I redshirted one year. Um, I played center field, and I am currently living in um, California, Los Angeles. And my um, occupation is... Um, also in the logistic business um, in warehousing. Very good. Good to have you all here. And again, people like to know as we prepared for this podcast, how did you end up in Spring Arbor? So we're going to cut off. Rob, tell us a little bit about that. How much time do I have? As much time as you want, brother. Because <laughs> you got the long story and then the truncated one. Whatever so, you'd like, brother. Um, we're be here all day. <laughs> uh, all of us, including Stanley Filianga and Ronald Piao, which were the other two um, that were on the team, they, we were all part of the American Samoan National Baseball Team. So the Olympic qualifying team. Mm. And back in the day, we, you know, we trained with the national team on top of our high school uh, the teams. And in 95, the our team flew to Australia mm. to try to compete for the uh, 96 Olympics. And, you know, we went, it was a really tiny team, but I, it was Ted and I, and I think, uh, and Stan. Was Ronald part of that crew too? I, I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but we went there. And uh, Coach Burber, Burbridge was the USA liaison between um, Australia baseball, Oceania baseball, the, the governing body, and USA baseball. So he represented USA as the 
liaison. So when he came down, he saw us play and, you know, he had some questions. And uh, I was a senior that year. The rest of the guys were younger, were juniors. Uh, so he asked them, Salah's dad. Ben and, and then one of our other coaches, uh, you know, who's senior, who's getting ready to leave, who doesn't have an opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. And one day he knocked on the door and um, usually uh, Ray Brown, he was our, our um, baseball, uh, what's the development. development officer. At the end of our practices, we do 150, 100 sit-ups and 50 push-ups every time, you know, so <laughs> I was, this was early in the morning. I was doing my 150 early and then just kind of visualizing all that stuff, but it was super early and I got a knock on the door. It was a pretty loud knock. Um, I was like, who the heck? I was kind of mad. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to the door, opened it, it was this big, you know, kind of commanding white dude, you know. Uh, now, we didn't meet him, right? So that was the first time I kind of, you know, met him. Um, so I was kind of confused. I thought I might have been in trouble or whatever. But sat down and we talked and like shared some information about, you know, what I wasn't doing <laughs> after school because I didn't have a place to go. Um, the only place that I had planned to was with um, Duke's brother. So Duke's brother was an incredible, uh, but he was already in Iowa at a junior college. So we were aspiring to be like Chris. And that was my only plan. But then when Coach Burbridge, you know, and I was talking, I didn't realize that he would, you know, he wanted to um, to, to invite me until much later. But it, yeah, I remember that knock on the door. It was in Australia. I was like, man, who is this super early? Uh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget seeing Coach Burbridge there. But that that's how I ended up in Spring Arbor. He said, hey, you want to meet me? I'm like, sure, man. I don't care wherever that is, dude. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, and the, and the rest is history. We'll talk about that, yeah. too. Thanks for sharing that, Rob. Again, yeah. Sally, talk talk a little bit about that story, too, that kind of head off recruitment. Talk about your recruitment, how you came to Spring Arbor. Um, I think it was a um, uh, it, was, it was part of the deal where a coach, I think, after um, experiencing one year with Rob, watching how he worked and his work ethic, I think uh, in Coach's mind, he's found kind of like a, you know, a golden pipeline that, you know, has not been discovered yet. And 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 we were we were on the verge of you know exploding our talent at the time and and it was just it, it was the right timing and he was you know he was the right man who was there to pick up some Samoans who needed some exposure so uh it was natural for him to come back a, a year late and you know my my funny story really is is uh I, I think he already knew that he wanted a few of us and uh maybe he picked me because I was uh you know the, the national team coach's son <laughs> so you know um, I, I you know I wasn't dialed into those conversation but uh but anyways um yeah coach stopped out by and uh, he he showed up to Ted and I's uh, graduation, um, and uh, one of the experiences that I think that uh, that he loved was uh, was that uh, was the ride in the back of the pickup truck. We all we he like, he had a kick out of jumping in the back of our pickup truck. You know all the lays that we put on, you know that they put on our um, over our heads and and stuff. And so coach had a you know had a great time. And so it was it was natural for me. For me, I, I had I had a few other college options, but it was it, it required a lot more money to go there. Uh, like, but but it was a choice between you know a couple other colleges in Spring Arbor. Spring Arbor was uh, was really a no brainer for us. Uh, that you know some scholarships kicked in, some uh, and some uh, some financial uh, uh, stipends you know were kind of helpful too. But that that was my story uh, coming into the uh, to Spring Arbor was was for for us. I, I think as American Samoans, it's not as great of a culture shock, but there was a culture shock. There were some uh, some cultural differences. Uh, the snow uh, to be one, but um, but I'll stop there. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, snow was definitely uh, not probably prevalent there in American Samoa. Definitely a, a new experience and other new experiences, and we'll talk about. But thanks for thanks for sharing that, Sally. Ted, talk about your recruitment, and how you came to Spring Arbor. Well, um, very similar to Sally's story, but uh, slightly different in a sense where baseball wasn't really my thing. I only started playing my freshman year of high school, and even then, I was pretty much benched the whole season. Uh, it wasn't uh, until my brother and, and another friend of mine urged me to go and join 
join the national team. And I thought they were crazy because you want me to join a national team when I was benched all first year freshman high school baseball. So I thought they were nuts. But that's all. It was there. Rob was there. That's the first time I met Rob uh, when I started high school baseball. And, and these guys were the elites right on the island. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had people to look up to, kind of work towards. Um, well, that's just the beginning, right? And then everything just kind of melded together. We all started learning. I started picking off tips on how to play the game from these guys. And eventually, here we are playing internationally. And then Burbridge shows up at our door and says, hey, why don't you uh, join us here in Michigan? Mm-hmm. Thinking about it, it's like, wow, Michigan, you don't think about the uh, the difference in, in, in geography until you get there. And you're getting there and you're experiencing fall for the first time and, and fireflies. You know, I was like, whoa, what's this? You know, I've seen this on TV, but uh, here we are in this cold weather with fireflies. It was trippy. But anyway, uh, Burbridge was, he was an amazing man. And, and, and having Rob there the first year to kind of break us into it, having him, his experiences to help us uh, ease into it also was, was a big help. But also that year, Burbridge came down to recruit. There was a, a scout that came down also to recruit as well for the Braves. And I, I, I was one of the, the finalists. He wanted to, to, to draft me as a free agent. I declined because I didn't know how to play the game. And Burbridge, obviously, he knew the game. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go to, I'm gonna go to Spring Arbor. I'm going to play for them and, and learn the game. And if this leads to something afterwards, and then that's great. But at least I'll have an education after. So that, that was my decision. That was my early story. So I'll, I'll leave the rest to, uh, to Duke to fill in. Sounds good. Well, thanks, Ed, for sharing. Duke, lead us off. What was your experience? How did you came to Spring Arbor? I was actually the last of the Mohegans, right? Um, I was the last <laughs> one to join um, the crew, Spring Arbor, and it was in 99, 99. And that's when we were getting ready to head out to Guam. I believe it was Guam. We were getting ready for Guam for the Olympic qualifier as well, just like um, Rob did in, in, in 95 for the 96 Olympics. We were going to Guam to play for and get ready for the Olympic qualifier for 2000. So it happened in 99, and that's when Coach Burbage came out again um, to help support the team and, and, and be there to, um, to just to guide us in, in whatever it was that he and, – and I didn't know Coach at that time as well. Um, I, I never had any um, communications or, or, or any talks um, prior to that, that summer. So I actually missed my, my high school graduation so that way I can fly to, to Guam. So I, I didn't, I didn't walk at all. I didn't graduate. Uh, well, I graduated, you know, but I didn't walk. <laughs> so out there in Guam, um, and that's when we finally um, had, um, you know, contact with Coach Burbridge, and and he knew a little bit more about me. Um, and then he started asking questions um, on what I wanted to do and and where I was thinking of going after um, the Guam um, tournament. Um, but at that time, I had one other option, and that was to go play at BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, our coach, Murphy Sua, who's also there, his son, Justin um, Sua, was also a, a pitcher that played at BYU. So I was um, in, in, in contact with Murphy, and Murphy was trying to help me get to BYU. Um, and then that's when Coach Burbage also showed up and said, hey, <laughs> what do you think about coming and joining the rest of the boys at, at Spring Arbor? You know, but... To be honest, like I really wanted to give up baseball and go play football at College of the Canyon with my other high school football um, teammates. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I really, um, for some reason, you know, football was always, you know, a passion of mine outside of baseball as well, because, you know, it, it's in our blood. But um, coach convinced me um, to, to, to join the, the, the team. And, and, and I felt at that time that it was the best decision for me because mm-hmm. I've never been 
you know, away from home other than, you know, just going to Hawaii or coming out to California for, you know, baseball trips. But that was it. I was born and raised in Samoa. I knew nothing. So I figured if, if, if I followed my, my brothers that, that came before me, which was Rob, Ted, Stanley, Ronald, and Saleh, um, they would help me um, get through everything that, you know, I wasn't accustomed to being out here. Um, so that's kind of where, um, everything took off from there. And I, and I told coach, I was like, all right, I'm on board. Let's do this. And it was history from there. That's awesome. Well, thankfully you picked the right Cougars. I mean, we love BYU Cougars, (laughs) right? Cougars. And also Duke, I have to say on a program note, I remember intramural football and some of my guys from my floor after we went to dinner, after them lining up against like, Oh, I think I felt Duke, you know, <laughs> up inside you. So even though you didn't get to play college football, you were a intramural superstar getting ready for baseball. Those oh. are the days. <laughs> so guys, <laughs> we talk about, uh, you know, the, the love of the game and, and, and love of baseball and just anybody can kind of come in on this conversation. When did you really start to realize that uh, you started really loving the game? Um, talk about that when you started just really absorbing baseball and it became a real love for you. Anybody can come up and share about that. I think for me, it was when, um, and this was during the time of Ray Brown, when we were developing with the national team and, you know, kind of taking our skills to the next level. I, I would get very angry, like to the point of tears when it rained and I couldn't go to you know, <laughs> practice. Um, I, I was hurt, like literally a heartbroken hurt, like, man, dude, this sucks. Uh, so I think that's when I realized that it, it was, something that meant more than just running around and having fun. Uh, and that, that was definitely in high school. Yeah, it was around the high school time. So, Awesome. Awesome. Any other thoughts that anybody uh, have before we move on? Any thoughts about the love of the game and what it's meant for you? I, I think for, for me, I, I, my passion for baseball um, started after my uncle Tony Solita passed away. Um, I, I never played baseball, you know, e- even when I was growing up in Samoa, like my cousins, they all went and played baseball, but I, I never played baseball, you know, with them. But uh, after my uncle passed away, that's when I wanted to try and play baseball and, and try and follow in his footstep. And, and, and my uncle Ben um, was the one who actually talked to my dad and said, bring, bring the kids out, bring the boys out, let them run around. And, <laughs> and then I think from there, man, I, I fell in love. I fell in love with, with the sport and mm-hmm. it's, it's, to be honest, it's, it's, it's all we knew grew on growing up though. You know, my whole family, um, we were all baseball players, you know, we, we played baseball from, we were from when everybody was growing up. And, and I guess it all started from, from my uncles, you know, Tony and, and uncle Ben and, um, and then bringing the game to Samoa when they, when they moved from, from San Francisco and brought the game to Samoa, you know, I, I think that's when it all um, kind of sunk in and, and, and I fell in love with it since then. Well, thanks for sharing that, Duke. Again, this is Eric Rosen. We're talking to the Simone Cougars, Episode 7. This is Cougar Talk, the podcast, the official, unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more. Guys, we jump in to Michigan. You go to Spring Arbor, Michigan. Talk about what were what were some of the experiences. It's a different culture. 
than American Samoa. So talk about some of the things, and I know you mentioned a couple things about snow and Ted mentioned fireflies and all these different things. Uh, what were some of the things that you noticed that were different in a culture coming to good old Spring Arbor? Talk about that a little bit. I don't know if I told the guys, I think I probably did, but I actually put myself in into training uh, for the cold weather. Um, I would open the <laughs> windows, open the door, be in my boxers and just sit there with the fan running, sit, you know, the fan at the window blowing in and you, my roommate and people would walk in, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm training, you know, for, for snow. And it was like, I was freezing, like I was shaking, but it was probably only 60 degrees. <laughs> so it, it was definitely something that I had to figure out get creative with but there's you, you can never get ready for that weather that zero degree <laughs> blistering wind man uh, but it was fun yeah definitely getting ready for the cold any other thoughts go ahead biggest thing for me was, was just the, the people right we're coming from people that we're familiar with and then uh we're thrown into a, a, a dorm full of you know white guys basically <laughs> and and they were like they were free to do whatever they wanted in the hallways right they were just you know young stupid white guys running around after you know after they take a shower, they're just running around buff naked. <laughs> yeah. And that's just something you don't do on the island, right? So we're like, hey, right. you, you can't be doing that in our halls, all right? If I was here. <laughs> uh, so that, you know, we had to regulate a little bit. Uh, we caught yeah. one guy after we told him not to do it. And it was it was middle of winter. We caught him. We literally caught him and threw him outside the hall. <laughs> <laughs> Buck naked, you know, so it, it was things like that that we had to get used to. Also, in our culture, we're so very giving. We'll give you the the last, you know, the, the shirt that, right off our back for you if you needed it, right? So we fed a lot of guys in the uh, in the dorms. You know, hey, we, we order pizza and we'd share, and they're like, hey, here, let me give you give me give you some money for that. And we're like, no, 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 don't worry about it, just eat. You know, this is what we do. And and eventually it started to rub off on them. They were buying pizza and telling us to eat, you know, and and uh, they were telling us, you know, this is something that we would we're not familiar with this is not something that we do we like to put in we like to be a part of it and earn it and we told them what well, we like to give and then karma will come back later right but we're not giving just so that we can get something back later we just do it out of the goodness of our hearts so that was one of the biggest things that we had to get uh well not get used to but that was one of the biggest differences that we faced there yeah ted well, thank, thanks for sharing that. And, and with along what Ted talked about, we uh, reached out to a couple of different students um, who are not going to be named that uh, wrote about you guys and your experience on campus. And let me just read. Now, having the Samoans on campus, they were a part of our community. They were fun. They were giving. Not only was it fun to watch them on the diamond, but I remember some of our great memories were watching them at culture night when they would do a particular oh, dance. Yes. But they were a part of our community. We loved them. They loved us. We're so thankful that they came to our campus and were a part of our community. That's yeah. awesome. I think this is yeah, I think good stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think just you know, looking at that alone, I think that's something that maybe even nowadays, you know, in the world that we live nowadays, you, you know, should take away from that because, you know, despite a lot of our differences, we come from an island in the middle Pacific, you know, we're going, you know, to some other culturally different place, you know, um, there's a lot of similarities, more similarities that draw us together than, you know, than, you know, than, you know, than to tear us apart. And so I think, you know, and, and that's where we come from because our, our circle of friends and our, cir our circle of communities, it, that, that love kind of expands outwards, you know, in Hawaii, sometimes they call it I mean they call some of that aloha you know, but for us it's just where we come from you know we're always we're always given so yeah well, thanks for sharing that. Any other experiences you guys coming to Michigan uh, that were different uh, than being on the island? I think on the social side, 
uh, for me, I had to, and you know, because I, it was just me, <laughs> uh, I didn't have anybody to bounce ideas off of or, or thoughts or even to process. Um, but socially, I, I was pranked often. <laughs> and I didn't know any better. So I thought it was great. It was funny. Like, and that, that's just what you do. Um, I forgot the name of my RA freshman year. Um, they, he called like this emergency thing. Everybody came out and then somebody snuck into my dorm, changed my uh, um, alarm clock, right? Put it an hour ahead. And then my alarm, you know, went off a little late. They also changed the, the alarm. Um, so I got up, I was like, oh man, I'm late to class. I didn't change, I just ran to class, got in and nobody was there. So I sat there for an hour, I stayed. And when I went, went back, you know, they were all there and they were waiting, they were laughing. They're like, hey, you know, how was class? I'm like, oh, it was great. I didn't know any better, but they actually pranked me, yeah. <laughs> you know? But I thought that was just the thing to do. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But when they finally told me, I was like, man, this is funny. This is absolutely hilarious. Good job, guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, that was just part of the community of Spring Arbor, right? Exactly. If you were in a guy's dorm that, uh, you know, there would be certain instances of shenanigans that would come out to play. I think even Ted talked about that, too, getting guys uh, into the snow that were inappropriately dressed in the <laughs> in the hallway. Again, uh, this is Eric Rose. We are uh, episode seven, the Simone Cougars. This is the Cougar Talk, the podcast, the official, unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more. We're going to talk about the damn diamond, and we're going to talk about being on the Cougar baseball team and looking at either some of the memories that you had. Duke, I'm actually going to kick off with you, if you can. can tell us some of the memories that you had, either with teammates or particular games that stand out to you uh, in Cougar baseball in your time there. Oh, gosh. I, there's a lot of great memories, you know, um, we, we, we went to battle together and, and I, I, the, the one thing that I remember was when I was a freshman, it was, um, in the fall. So the season didn't start yet, but I was a freshman and we traveled, we went to Detroit or something like that for, for a, a game for, for that weekend. I think it was a doubleheader or something. And we had to stay out there. That's when we almost got into a fight out there in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was just a freshman, but I was like, oh man, I'm loving this. I got all my boys away here. <laughs> like, I'm used to this. <laughs> this is what we're good at back home. Let's, let's run this back. <laughs> right. You know, so, but then, and, and coach was there and, and coach was laughing at me at the, at the same time. And he was like, hey, I, you know what? We don't do that over here. And, and you got to make sure you, you peel it back a little bit and just calm down. Everything's going to be okay. And I was like, oh man, I just got hyped for no reason. You know, so, no, but uh, that, um, I, 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 I had a lot of great memories over there. And, and I think um, a lot of it had to do with um, my brothers that were there to kind of help guide me. Um, and especially um, coach, you know, being there uh, uh, um, to mentor me and, and just to, because I was a knucklehead, man. And, and like leaving, leaving high school and going to the Spring Arbor, you know, I, I was always a hard head. And um, sometimes I had to sit back and wonder, man, did coach, you know, ever have this thought in his mind, like he regrets recruiting me? <laughs> like, man. I should have never recruited this guy. So, but no, it, I, I had a lot of great memories out there. I'm playing in the snow, playing in the cold was hard. It, it was hard. I, I never got used to it. Even my senior year after I left, it was hard playing in the cold, but traveling with the team, 
being on, you know, um, being with the team when we go to Florida, everywhere we went, man, that, that was that was amazing. And that's something that I'll always hold dear to my heart is um, my time out there because I was able to, to meet teammates that are now families to me that we stay in contact daily, you know, um, through text message. And, and it's, it's been a great ride and I wouldn't um, change it for anything. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Duke. Again, any other thoughts, guys, about uh, being on the team and uh, playing and all that and teammates? Any any thoughts or memories that come to any of your minds? Yeah, I remember uh, it was snowing and Ted was pitching. <laughs> 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 and uh, it was it was one of those where, you know, the it was the attitude. Of, it was coach's attitude just to walk in there. This was one of the themes is, hey, when you go into that, when you, when you go into play, you're, and, and we're visiting somebody, you're going onto their field. That's your field. You take over. When you're done with it, you just hand it right back to them. Mm-hmm. And so that swag that we had uh, just it w- was was awesome. It, it's something that everyone um, remembered. And also the camaraderie, right? Um, as far as a team and, you know, and as far as being a team and a coach was always one to teach us, to, you know, that the team was a center of gravity. It wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really the individual. And so, when everybody worked, it was all about the team. It, like whatever you did, whether, you know, you were on the bench or whether you were out on the field, it was about making, you know, the best nine out there. We didn't have the best. We may not have the best talent uh, from year to year, uh, but we did, you know, have the best team out there, you know, for the most part, every time we went out there to play because we had that swag. We were very mm-hmm. gelled together. Uh, we we all had the same, uh, you know, like a spirit of core. Like we were just we were, we were all just tight you know, as one unit there. And, and that's what I remember the most. We loved each other. Uh, we worked uh, like what Duke said, we battled hard for each other, you know? And so that's, that, that's what I loved. And I remember the most. Mm, thanks for sharing that, Sally. Any guys, any other thoughts on, on being on the team and within the diamond playing baseball, that memories that come to your mind? Man, there's, there's just so many things that come into my, you know, my mind right now about Burbridge and about the team. I remember there was a time, well, there was a couple of times um, I'd be on the mound um, and, and the game would have just started through a few balls, you know, coach would be upset, you know, pause, you'll, you'll say time, come out to the field, come up to the mound and say, look, you don't give me a strike. We're going to have a fight. Here on this <laughs> <match."> <laughs> Burbage, right? Burbage. I'm gonna go. You're going to the gym. <laughs> Before games just started. Um, you know, and, and it was it was stuff like that. Burbage was so old school and it worked really well for us because you know where we're from, our coaches and our parents were so old school. Where um, you know, be talking tough to you comes off easy for us and it helps us to be able to handle the situation, right? You know, uh coach would say this thing, you know, stop pussyfooting around, right? He wanted us to be in the game, whether you're playing or not, right? So I mean, there's so many things. He's like one of the biggest things that he told us to do is is how would you know, right? How would you know if you didn't give your best? Yeah. If there was a fly ball and, and it was right, right there within reach, how would you know if you didn't leave your feet? Right. And that's the same thing we use in our life today. You know, how would you know if you couldn't do this? How would you know? You know, it's it's something that we've taken. Well, at least I've taken uh, to heart my whole life. Uh, And that was that was due to Burbridge, you know, and um, it was a big part of what he did for me. Thanks again for sharing that, Ted. And and we're going to shift and talk about Coach Burbridge here. You know, Coach Burbridge, uh, you know, passed away, you know, a couple of years ago. We we did actually, if if you haven't had a chance, listen to episode one, uh, a tribute to uh, Coach Hank Burbridge as we talked to 
some of his friends and a couple of his players. And, uh, you know, Coach Burbridge, uh, you know, we know all the accolades, and but you guys had him in the dugout and you experienced his leadership. So I just want you to talk about not only memories that you have of Coach, maybe fun memories or touching memories, but what has he meant? His leadership, his mentorship, his words that have carried with you as, as fathers and as professionals. So let's spend some time talking about Coach and what he meant to you. I know the guy is extremely wise, but I swear, man, he was some kind of wizard too, dude, because (laughs) (laughs) um, I remember my last year, my senior year, uh, I don't know how this eventually morphed itself into uh, happening, but coach would always say, hey, man, um, you either get on base by walking or you're going to hit something every time you get two strikes. You need to trust me on it. And every time I didn't, like I would swing before I had two strikes, I would get out and he would like yell at me. But every time that I, I would wait for two strikes, I'd get on base whether I walked or got hit or, or, or actually hit. Like literally 100% of the time, dude. And it took me until the end of the year to actually listen. And But that even other instances, you know, like he, he could predict when things were happening because he was so wide. Like he just understood the game. Hmm. But I think more so he understood people. Right. And how we think, how we respond. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll never I'll never forget that day, man. I stepped off the plane in Kalamazoo. <laughs> yeah. Walking off and then seeing him um, and then I, uh, Jim Weidman as well. Mm-hmm. But taking a ride with coach uh, in his van, all the talks that he gave, even up to, you know, graduation and, and uh, the advice that he gives. Um, yeah, that dude, he, he was definitely extra special. He, he was on a different level. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts, guys, about coach? Thanks for sharing that, Rob. I, I, I think we all know the passion and love that he has for the game, that coach has for the game, right? But for me, it, it was it was the way he impacted everyone's life that he came in contact with that stood out to me. You know, so that was, he embraced our culture. You know, he, he embraced our people from day one. And, you know, he he accepted us for who we are. And, and heck, he, he even let Robert and myself grow our hair out when we were playing college football, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like for, for, for a long period of time, Robert had long hair and coach never understood why he had long hair so robert can tell that story and i just kind of followed in when i came in i thought oh i can grow my hair out too so coach is gonna be okay with this (laughs) until robert had to cut his hair right robert had to cut his hair because coach finally figured it out and so robert cut his hair and then he left like some kind of a piece of his hair on the side right like growing i don't know what rob thought back then thinking that that was the thing back then to grow the, the side of your hair long and everything else short right so it was like a mullet but on the side right so that's what robert had right so it, it, it and that's how 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 much love coach had for us you know not just us um Samoans that came to to, to um, Spring Harbor but then everybody else that he came in contact with right mm-hmm. like he loved his family Oh man, he loved his grandkids. I remember Nick and Taylor, you know, when they were youngsters, they like they would come to the field and and, and we would um, be on the field with with, with uh, Nick. And so he he did so much for for not only us, but also the community. So he impacted our lives in such a huge way that till this day, the, the one thing that always that I always take with me from coach was guarantee what you can guarantee, right? 
guarantee what you can guarantee and then everything else will take care of itself. And, you know, you, you take satisfaction in, in, in the outcome, whether you lose or you win, but then did you put your full effort in there? You know, so and, and that is something that I will always, always cherish from coach is is how he impacted our lives not necessarily on the field, but also outside the field on, you know, out of the field, you know, he, he was still working with us. You know, he wasn't a coach that after you're done with practice or a game that he, you don't hear from him or you don't see him anymore. No, no. Like Sunday evenings, we go to his house, we have our, our, our Bible studies, right. Mm-hmm. You know, anything outside of work, you know, outside of the baseball field. And, and that's where I, I think um, coach has, has impacted a lot of lives. And, and I'm truly, truly grateful for that. Thanks, Duke, for sharing that. Uh, Sally or Ted, you guys want to talk about Coach and your thoughts and your memories? Yeah, we love Coach. I mean, we love Coach a lot. Um, and uh, and just like it's, as, as Duke says, how this has impacted my life uh, is, you know, from the standpoint, like I'm in the Army right now, right? And then hmm. there's, you know, there's the task and the mission and then there's relate, you know, and then there's the relationships. And sometimes, you know, by the numbers, you know, like you're, you know, by the numbers, it doesn't make sense that, you know, we should, you know, maximize our mission at some point. And it's the same thing with the team. There's, you know, there's sometimes where if you take, you know, if you take a talent count on the team, you know, there's no way that you can see our team, you know, take, you know, take, you know, beat out a St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, and, but there are times when we do. And, and one of the reasons why is because coach, you know, knew, knew that, Hey, you know what talent got you here. Right. And so, so it was really about the relationships and we knew that in order for us to maximize our potential and whatever it is, you know, you work on those relationships, you work on those people. And that's the same thing that I take, uh, you know, with, with my team, I may not have the same team. And in the army, we switch teams every, every two years, right. We, mm-hmm. we move from place to place and, you know, the same thing with the team, the team's DNA does not stay the same from year to year. It changes every time because, you know, you may have lost a birdie, you know, you may have lost a Todd, you know, and then who else is going to step up. But the thing is, you're not really looking, you know, at replacing that guy, you're looking at the new team DNA and how it's going to come together. And the only way to do that is to maximize, you know, or optimize, you know, each person by caring about them, by, you know, getting down to the ground level where they're at and just working those relationships. And that's what coach was great at doing. Coach was great at, at, um, I get to the heart of making everybody put out 100%. So. Mm, thanks for sharing that, Sally. Appreciate it. Ted, your thoughts and memories yeah. of Coach. Burbridge was like, he was like our father. You know, we could count on him. He could count on us. And um, there were summers that we would go over at Burbridge's house. And we'll clean out the pond. And after that, we'll, <laughs> we'll barbecue. You know, we'll sit there and chit-chat with Burbridge about baseball, about life. Yeah, we were his boys, man. And whenever he needed us, we never said no. I remember, I think our first winter, mind you, our first winter, we're from the South Pacific. <laughs> Some people were snowed in. So he calls up the boys and said, Hey, go. we're gonna shovel people out of their out of their driveway so they can come to so come to school. Uh, <laughs> but we're like, whatever you need, man, we're there. You know, like freeze our ass off, shove them through snow. <laughs> people out. Um, but he was our father figure, you know, and, and mm-hmm. whatever he needed, we would do. And whatever we needed, he was there. He loved the island when he was down there. We took him all over that place. The food, we, we fed him like crazy. Uh, every year when I'd come, I'd bring a can. I don't know if Mrs. Burbage told you about this, but we'd, I'd bring uh, Wahoo. And he loved Wahoo. It's a type of tuna. It's like tuna, but it's not, right? And he he would love his Wahoo and cucumber sandwiches at Mrs. Burbage, man. And I'd bring a case of that from home because that's where we made it. And uh, he would just absolutely love it, you know, 
And um, yeah, we love Burbridge so much and, and he's dearly missed. And without him, I don't think we would be where we are today. That's a, that's yeah. a powerful word with regards to coach. Any other thoughts on coach? I don't want to take any more yeah. time from him, but yeah. You know, um, coach is really serious about that Jesus thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, well. yeah. Um, after my freshman year, you know, we had a great year, all that stuff. And, and then summertime, uh, he was planning to go and I was supposed to be with him, you know, to go back to Samoa. But um, after my my the first semester, that's when I had my religious experience in Dr. Mm. Bailey's class. And I understood why the guy was on the cross, bloody, and you know, the, the whole redemption story. Yeah. Um, and then in the dining commons, that's when I made that decision, right? Man, I'm gonna, you know, I, I love this Christianity thing. So I went, I go, I talked to coach and he was excited that, you know, I saved and gave my life over. So that was after the first semester. Second semester was baseball, but then I also changed my major. I was supposed to be business, but then I went into philosophy, religion, all that stuff. At the end of the year, it was great. And I went to coach and I was like, man, um, I'm gonna go live in a monastery this summer <laughs> and I'm not gonna play baseball. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, I remember. Rob was going around to everybody. He was going to be a monk. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so I went, to, I went to coach before we were, because I was supposed to be on a plane with him. And I told him, hey, I really want to take this Jesus thing serious. You know, I want to go live in the monastery, do the missions work, and I want to pursue this thing, and I'll come back. And he was like, you know what? Go for it. You know, but everybody was expecting me on the island, even my parents. But because he gave me that nod of like, you know, that blessing, it, it, it I mean, it, it changed my life, literally changed my life. Um, so because he was really serious about that and detaching baseball from it, 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 you know, it speaks volumes about what he values, you know, essentially. So, mm-hmm. uh, man, yeah, definitely. He paved the road, modeled it for us. And that's, you know, how we live our life now. Yeah. And he, as coach would say, 100%, 100% of the time. Yeah. And uh, that was his his legacy, guys. And I know that you were an extension of his family. I know him and Pat just uh, extended you as, as part of their family. And, and that's really what... Uh, the relationships are things that continue. Yeah, the wins, losses, the stats. I, you know, Duke, I could talk stats for all of you guys because when we think about it, the Samoan Cougars had some of the, the most rigorous stats and also were part of some very successful teams and the, some of the most hardworking, challenging other players to do their very best on the team. That was the Samoan Cougars when it comes down to it, the relationship that you guys fostered not only together but within the community. That's the stuff that stayed with you as fathers and as uh, professionals. So, uh, again, this is Eric Rose with Cougar Talk, the podcast, the official unofficial voice, Cougar Athletics and more. We're speaking to the Samoan Cougars here in episode seven. As we conclude, guys, our podcast here, are there any final thoughts about Spring Arbor coach or being together that, that you'd like to talk about as we look at closing off? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I love these guys, man. I love these guys a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the way that we, and again, I coach modeled for us <laughs> leaders should be you know um and because we were you know so closely knit in, in the community like um each each of these guys including stan and ronald and mm-hmm. the girls yeah. um they all stepped up at one point during our time because you know it, it it was volatile man the emotions and all that stuff so ups and downs and uh, we learned from what we saw from coach and then immediately applied to our experience there um w- which made it even special and i think uh our friends like you know from spring arbor uh, helped to enrich that added more color to that experience um but <clears throat> everything starts from the top right from the leadership and 
man, Coach Burbridge was, yeah, he paved the way. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I don't know um, how baseball being taught now at Spring Arbor, right? I, I'm not sure. But the, the one thing that um, I hope that they are still um, doing out there, you know, at Spring Arbor is, is a lot of the stuff that Coach used to teach us, right? You know, and it, it's all the little things, right? It, yeah. it's, it's hustling for foul balls. We have to run to get foul balls. That is crazy. You know, like I've, I've never, ever done that anywhere. But then like when, when there's a foul ball, we are sprinting. We are all racing to see who gets the foul ball first, right? In between innings, are we hustling in and out of, uh, you know, are, are we doing all of that stuff that will continue to remind us and, and, and uh, of coach and his legacy and what he's done for all of us um, from past until present, you know? So I, I that's the one thing that I hope that um, Spring Arbor is still doing to this day is continue to, to, to um, honor him by, by doing the things that, that coach would be proud of, you know, now and, you know, just being great human beings and continue to inspire others to be great at what they do. You know, I think that's something that um, coach would love for us to do. And, and and that's why when when Rob brought up the idea, hey, man, they, they, they want to talk about the Cougars, you know, the, the Samoan guy is going to be for coach. You know, I, I'm not the type who likes to be on anything. You know, I, I don't even have, you know, Instagram or Facebook. You know, the last thing was MySpace. That, that's all I had. Yeah, back yeah. Then. So <laughs> I, I don't like to be. But um, this was something that I said I, I was going to do. You know, I, I wouldn't um, miss this for anything to talk about coach and, and to, to, to be able to share ideas and, and thoughts and memories with, with my brothers and with yourself, um, Eric. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, for this opportunity. Thanks, Duke. And again, you talk about the excellence and, and you know, we continue to, to, like I said, as we have uh, some of these uh, former coaches or coaches that were former players like Don Shibley and uh, Joe Myers that are assistant coaches uh, for Spring Arbor. Again, we, we see that excellence continue because when the Cougars were on the field, as we hear throughout, Cougar baseball is a, is a measure of excellence. And so, yeah. yes, I appreciate you mentioning that. Any other final thoughts, guys, before we close out the podcast? Yeah, I just wanted to share a, a, one of his ver- his most quoted verses that I remember was uh, Galatians 6-4, uh, but let uh, each one test his own work and then his reason to boast uh, will be in himself alone not and not in his neighbor. Uh, so I've had, you know, so so my experience in, in, you know, Spring Arbor, I didn't get to play much. Out of all of us uh, Samoans that were there, I was the least talented one there, but I didn't get as much you know, game time until, you know, later on. But w- one of the things that I struggled with was, uh, was, you know, is comparison, you know, in game time. And so what I carry to what I carry with myself all the way until now, it's really what coach said, really, it's you're not trying to compare yourself against somebody else, just do your best within yourself and just try to be better than who you were yesterday. And, you know, and, you know, let let the results handle themselves. And so that's what I carry what I carry with uh, myself nowadays. And um, as coaches, one of coaches most quoted verses that I've that I remember him quoting, that's what I appreciate the most. Well, thanks, Sally. And again, Ted, you have any final thoughts? I don't want to leave you out of the picture. Any any final thoughts about your experience with these guys, baseball coach? You know, um, what we heard a lot after the end of the game, whether we won or lost, was you guys are class act. And this is coming from umpires and other coaches. And, and that's because of Burbridge, right? Uh, he instilled in us qualities that, that we are keeping here as men. You know, we've become pretty good men because of him. And uh, we have a lot to thankful to be thankful for from Burbridge. And um, when Duke mentioned that <laughs> running for foul balls and stuff, that's just something that builds character, right? You're always going to be in the game, whether you're playing or not. You know, that that's that sticks with me. When, when it's hard here in real life, you know, you, you you can still run for that foul ball, right? And still be in it, even though it's different. And uh, that, that sticks with me. And I thank him for that. Well, thanks, Ted. Sure. And uh, I appreciate all of our Samoan Cougars being here. Sally, Rob, Ted, 
at Duke. And again, uh, we, we think about Stanley Filiaga and uh, Ronald Piao. And uh, as a part of the Samoan Cougars, guys, you were an essential piece of the puzzle of Cougar baseball, legendary Cougar baseball. And not only just on the field, but you, what you brought to the campus community and uh, what you were able to learn and grow as you were at Spring Arbor. Again, we are in episode seven. We've been listening to the Samoan Cougars. Again, this is Eric Rose with Cougar Talk, the official unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Cougar Talk. Subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcast, Stitcher, or Podbean. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Cougar Talk SA. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Cougar Talk the podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of Spring Arbor University or SAU Cougar Athletics.